But so I hear that you're an angel, but uh, angels are real. They're dressed as nurses and they walk in, work in the hospitals. What do you got to say about that? I don't know whether it's true or not. What do you think? Well, you hear all the lip service where people say angels walk on earth and they're nurses mm. and they're dressed in nurses' uniform. They work in our hospitals and they look after the patients. I don't feel much like a bit of an angel. I feel like a bit of a mongrel at times because sometimes I get a bit moody and I get shitty at the people that I work with mm. and sometimes I let fly and swear a little. I hate fucking management. They give me the shits a lot of the time because they're making decisions that affect us. And unfortunately, as an angel, um, I get a bit angry about it because not only does it affect me, if I'm upset, it affects the patients. And ultimately, we're there to, inverted commas, help people. But if I'm not looked after, don't feel validated and don't feel valued, I'm not going to give the best care that I possibly could. How are you going to be able to look after people when you're not being looked after? Yeah, exactly. So that's where management come in. So you work in a not-for-profit government organisation and I work in a for-profit private hospital. So we've got the two differences here. So in the private hospital, everything is productivity-based. So the doctors who are consultants come over to make their money. So they came over and all these patients have private health insurance and they want to get their total hip done, they want to get their knee replacement done or their shoulder fixed. And they come in, make their appointment and they're done within a week, two weeks, whenever they have their holidays or sick leave and there's no waiting. The doctor gets paid a out-of-pocket expense. So the health insurance company that they're with will pay majority and then the doctor just gets paid their fee. So it's quick, easy and in. So that's my experience with um, the private health sector and how it works for me. How about you? In the public hospital, obviously there's no... Okay, so in the public sector, I think that a private doctor said this to me once and um, you relate it to me, Mum, and I think it's a very good quote, is that there's two ways to pay in this world. You either pay with time or with money. I think that's a very big healthcare thing that needs to be put in place as well because unfortunately with the public sector you pay with your time there's long wait lists there's long waiting it's efficient as we can be but unfortunately it's not push 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 go 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 because you're paying with time we have budgets and severe budget cuts to the public sector which is making it incredibly difficult you know, I used to, you know, throw things out after we use them and stuff like that. Um, now we don't. We're getting less stock. There's less stock, less medication, less time, less people, I so, guess. So you're on the wards, so you'd see a totally different side to me. So I'm in the operating theatre. In the operating theatre, we have the lists. We've got so many, 18, 19, 20 theatres. And they're all going morning and afternoon. The doctors who are consultants come in, they have their list of five, six, seven cases, whether they be, well, I'll give you an example. So on Monday, one of our consultant surgeons has got five total hip replacements and he's got four total knee replacements. So he's starting at 7am 
and I can tell you now we don't have enough instruments for the whole cases but the setups for these cases we've already started Thursday and Friday so we need to get the stock or the um, disposable disposable stuff that we use for the each and every case so that's all got to come up from stores and we're just depleting everything because there's no stock to replace it and that's the problem and every time we use an instrument and it takes another three hours for it to get washed go through the central sterilization department to be washed packed re-sterilized and put back on the shelf so all these cases we've got on monday we've only got 11 orthopedic trays yeah. and we've got more than that because that's only one list and we've got 18, 19, 20 theatres going. So all of them need instruments. So it's just a nightmare as a nurse from my side because I'm task-driven. So the tasks that I have to do for the day, get the instruments, get the disposable stuff that's used for the cases, get your theatre set up, and then we just pump through the cases. Mm. Whereas you being on the ward, you're much more patient-driven than we are. So we're, Oh, fully, yeah. yeah. We're highly patient driven, but it's still task orientated. So, in the we've got AM shift, PM shift, and night shift on our wards. So, an AM shift on our wards specifically, we only have three patients in the morning because we have such a heavy acuity of patients. All of our patients are incredibly sick. They all need ADLs done for them. They all need medication to be washed, to do OBS, to run around with the treating team, see what the plan is, see what I have to do. In the PM, you're kind of playing catch up. So now you have four patients. So then of course you're doing OBS, you're doing medication rounds, you're getting things that people miss like um, packed red blood cells or an iron infusion or a magnesium because from the morning AM bloods, that's come back low or whatever. Um, and then on night shift, if none of that's being done, because unfortunately it's 24 hour nursing care, Nurses never get a break. We always have to keep caring. So on night shift, you can have seven to ten patients, depending on how many nurses we've got. So, you know, we walked into night shift the other night, and this is like a typical thing. So you walk in to work, you have a safety scrum. So that's the team leader from the shift beforehand going, 21, there's this, 22, there's this, 25, there's this, blah, blah, blah. It's a quick three-minute safety scrum. Shouldn't go longer than five minutes. Then you go out to the nurses where you're allocated and you get a handover. Handover for each patient should take two to five minutes. So obviously, if you're having 10, that's going to take up half an hour, quite some time. And then you're going to go through IMR because we're on the IMR system and go through when did your patient last have OBS? What did they have due first? you got to time management so specifically if you are if you have no time management skills do not be a nurse especially don't be a ward nurse because you're going to leave shit for me to do coming on to the next shift that probably you could have managed so you know with those 10 patients let's say someone's obs were due at 1 p.m well they, they should be done every four hours if you're acutely unwell four to six to eight hours eight is the max max so and normally on our ward it's fourth hourly because most of them have a permacath yeah so and let's say they did the OBS at 6 p.m., but they're scoring a 5. Well, that's actually hourly OBS because we have the EELS detection learning, uh, sorry, score, um, which is an early warning deterioration score. So if it's 0 to 3, or sorry, one to 0, 
eight hourly obs, they're all good. There's no signs of deterioration. One to three, it's fourth hourly obs. Notify your team leader and the doctors have to have some type of chart review and intern review type thing. And then four to five, it's hourly obs. Notify the team leader and the registrar needs to come and do a review within 30 minutes. Scoring a six to a seven is half an hourly obs. Again, it's like the next doctor up needs to come and review the patient within 30 minutes. The team leader needs to be aware. Eight or above is an instant met call. So I've literally walked onto a shift. The patient was scoring a five at 6 p.m. I walked in at nine and the obs hadn't been done. The team leader wasn't told. So this patient could have deteriorated rapidly and no one would have known. And then the nurse would have been blamed for that. Yeah. And you can be charged with... Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Or <laughs> neglect or whatever they uh, want to throw. And, the you get, and you get paid shit for that. For that. So I think we'll talk about that a bit later. But in a management role, obviously there's going to be acute management. So where you are and then like you know, greater management, which is the whole hospital. So do you need more people on the shift or is it that you've got too many patients of a night time? So during the day you've got three during the afternoon you've got four and then over night time you've got nine or ten so if you have acute admissions or, oh yeah it's horrific and if someone deteriorates really quickly because i know you did cpr on a patient the other night we talked about that when you came home yeah so you came home and we're talking about some cpr oh, so who we're look- some trotting from the dog the cat's jumped up. So, so so you came home the other night, Zoe, and you told me about some CPR that you were doing on the evening shift. Yeah. So who looked after your other patients while you were doing CPR and going to ICU? I don't know. Really? Yeah. I have no idea. So do you do team leading, a team So we, we should... No. So we should have a team leader. Everyone will have a team leader. So that will be your most senior CN, usually, or a CN. Um, it can become an RN1. That should be a senior RN1, but hey. What do you know? <laughs> what do I know? CN1, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have, so the roster should have enough nurses to cover all the allocations. So, you know, if you should have enough nurses. So that if you do have a deteriorating patient, you need to do CPR or call a met call, they're going to cover your other patients. Yeah, well, actually, one of the girls at work, um, we don't always see eye to eye, but she's actually an excellent, excellent nurse. Um, And she realised that in a lot of our met calls, it's a bit chaotic. We don't have exact... We have good training, but probably not enough if I'm going to be honest, probably not enough Yeah. because, you know, we all run into this met call and we don't know what's going on and who's doing what, who's doing the ECG. We could have three people doing an ECG, but no one's doing a blood pressure. So this amazing nurse that I work with was like, you know what, let's allocate. So every shift, Karen, you're on airway for today. Okay. So if the met call buttons goes off, can you please make sure that you're at the head of the bed and you can watch the airway? Zoe, which is me, obviously, you're on circulation. So if the patient shows no sign of life, you have to start CPR immediately. Um, This person's the runner. So if we need anything, um, they'll run and get it. This person's on drugs. And she did that before I did that CPR. And we walked in and we're like, oh, let's allocate, ha, 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 being nurses and joking around. And I was like, oh, I'll do 
circulation. Yeah. Because I'm good at CPR. <laughs> one of the other girls was like, oh, I'll do airway because I'm really good at airway. And one of the other girls was like, well, I can spell, so I'll do scribe. And she was the team leader, which was great. Um, and I think because my colleague implemented that and we knew, we ran straight in. So anyone that wasn't allocated looked after our patients okay, and got buzzers. So because of that nurse showing extreme initiative, I think... You did CPR and saved that person's life. Yeah. And went they went to see. Uh, yeah, so it's just amazing. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, like there's some really great, great intuitive, inspirational nurses out there. I think that there's also <laughs> people that really should not be nurses. One hundred twenty-five percent. So the lip service they give us that um, angels in nurses' uniform. Ultimately, it's bullshit. I think it is bullshit because we're not angels, we're people. We're people. All right. Thanks so much. So talk next time. So that person, whoever it is, will be the team leader. So you come to them with all your issues and whatever. And then obviously in the morning we have three patients each. So then that person will be allocated to that area. So if it's, you know, one to three and then four to whatever, X, Y, Z. So you should be staffed enough. So in the met call we actually have a really one of our amazing acting cns for a while she saw that when we had met calls everyone rushed in no one knew what they were doing um so you know we'd have two people doing a blood sugar but no one doing a blood pressure or something like that so she has actually been to ed and around the hospital a bit so she implemented what they do in ed which is you're actually given an allocation so a b c and d so a is obviously airway b is drugs c is circulation m x y z so um if you're not allocated you're to watch the ward so during that um time when of, you were doing CPR. when i was doing the cpr we were actually joking <laughs> at handover about or oh, who wants to be a who wants to be b because it was only the first day that we'd done it um, and I was like, oh, I'm really good at CPR. Put me on circulation. One of our other CNs was like, oh, I'm really good at airway. Put me on airway. And we did that. We were joking around. Anyway, I was in one of the beds and the met call button went off. And we'd already had previous met calls for this patient. But, you know, how things sometimes go. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm on circulation. I run in. Everyone who isn't allocated was watching our patient beds. Well, turns out I actually had to do CPR. But um, so because of that allocation we'll have about four people off the ward in that met call, but everyone else is on the floor. Well, so it does that, work. That, yeah, that's excellent. All right, Zoe, well, thanks very much for that. Um, I suppose you're off to work now. I am. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. Um, see you on the next podcast.